Thank you for listening to another episode of Banecdotes. And I'm your host, Phil Paxton, and you're listening to Banecdotes, the podcast that showcases Ontario heavy music, such as screamo, punk, hardcore, or metal. We take some of those musicians and have them on the show and have them tell some of the most wildest stories they have from either being in the studio or being on the road or playing a show or whatever they have. Now, part of the reason I started this podcast was because I found so much heavy music coming out of this province after making a a playlist on Spotify. And I realized that I I hadn't heard of most of these bands and they probably don't get an opportunity to really show their personality. Uh, I play in a band and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I've only ever been interviewed like five or six times and it's a really cool thing to happen. So uh, I think it's, my due diligence to, you know, pay back to the community and, you know, interview some of these bands that definitely deserve some of the spotlight. You know, I, that's why I'm doing this show. It's, it's for, to showcase all these really cool unsigned bands. And today my guest is one of the most hardworking musicians in the game right now. That's unsigned. This is Tommy Wood. He plays in rust. He plays in reality denied he is the one-man band behind World's Grasp. He does vocals, he plays guitar, he plays drums, and he does it all really well. And he also tracks and produces on the side. So I was really excited to get the opportunity to catch up with him. My internet at the time was a little spotty. There are moments in our conversation where Tommy sounds like he is underwater or he'll talk over me a little. It's only for a few moments. I promise to be mindful of it for future upcoming episodes, um, but this is a bit of a learning curve. Uh, there's going to be a couple hiccups, but I'll try and be mindful, and I'll try and smooth it out as much as possible. Anyways, this is my conversation with Tommy Wood of Rust, World's Grasp, and Reality Denied. Thank you for tuning in to Banecdotes. Awesome. Thank you for joining me, Tommy. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me, dude. I'm doing great. Awesome. So I've let the listeners know what you do, uh, but tell us in your words, uh, your role uh, in the Ontario uh, heavy community. Uh, I guess in layman's terms, I've just been playing uh, multiple instruments and heavy bands for the past nine years or so. Uh, But at the moment, I'm doing vocals for Rust, uh, playing guitar and doing vocals in World's Grasp. And I'm playing guitar in reality denied. That's awesome. That's great. So despite the pandemic, you've still been quite. Yeah, I've been trying. Yeah. 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 I mean like really, uh, world's grass released a tune last year and, uh, rest was fairly active yeah. last year. You guys released a uh, time's up, uh, a mad ball cover and you guys did a four way split with plead gall and depleted. Uh, how did that four way split come about? Cause you barely, yeah. you, you rarely hear bands doing that. Um, the four-way split was uh, mostly put together between Rob, uh, our bass player, um, and uh, Gall and Plead. Well, we were in talks about doing like us flying out west to do like a little tour, 
uh, with those bands. Um, and we were like, Hey, why don't we put a split together? Uh, and then we had the idea to have like a, a West coast versus East coast kind of thing, uh, or like not coast, but <clears throat> West versus East. Uh, and we had our buddies in depleted hop on the split as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of how that came together. Um, at the moment or at the, at the time when we were doing the split, it was, it was kind of a, a weird time for rust. We didn't have a drummer at the time and we haven't been able to practice this, those two songs as a band, uh, at all, uh, because we didn't. Uh, have a drummer so those songs like completely uh we wrote at home uh sending demos back and forth and then like the first time we like really like played the songs out was in the studio and we were tracking them so they they uh it, it was definitely it, it took us some time to like adapt to that kind of situation um and just make everything kind of work out in uh that respect but uh all, all in all, it was um, it was a, a lot of planning between multiple camps, uh, a lot of like hurdles to overcome, but they, it came uh, together pretty pretty awesome. We're really happy with it. And those folks are they're Canadian. Gauls from British Columbia. Plead is from Alberta, uh, and Depleted is from New York. Yeah, right on. So just from everywhere. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. yeah exactly. It's, uh, so how long have you been playing in bands? I know uh, your old band, Soulsucker, had a release as early as 2015. Uh, did you play any bands before that? What got you started playing music? Um, yeah, I started playing in bands in 2012, I think. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> I, played, I played drums in like the high school intermediate band at yeah. the high school I was at at the time. Um, <laughs> and... I guess like one of the older students um, that was involved in music there uh, who listened to heavy music and was forming a band saw me playing drums. Uh, and I, I made YouTube videos at the time, just like making drum covers. Uh, so like they found those and then just randomly out of the blue, I got asked to join a metal band. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, like I'm down. So they just <laughs> guitar players came over to my house. I was like 14, I think, and they were, yeah, I would have been in grade nine, and they were all in grade 12. Um, oh wow! So they came, yeah. <laughs> I was for for the longest time. I was like always a young one uh, in bands, and yeah, we just they showed me some riffs, and I drummed along to it. And they're like, do you, do you want to do this? Like, yeah. Absolutely. And then it kind of just started from there. That, that band was called Deserter. Nice, nice. Uh, so you're a bit of a jack of all trades. Uh, you primarily play in hardcore bands. You're so versatile in what you produce musically, uh, from deathcore to punk. Uh, Thank you. Can we expect a new project outside of hardcore? And when are we going to hear a SoundCloud rap track? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> funny you say that. I did do a SoundCloud rap track, like, That's I awesome. think in 2017. So, like, four years ago. <laughs> um, a a complete joke. But I, I, I almost want to take a more serious take at that kind of stuff because... Sure. Primarily, 
primarily doing heavy things. But um, I, I do have a new project in the works uh, that's very heavy. Like, just very, very ignorant, to say the least. <laughs> um, uh, with with a good good friend of mine that I've known for quite a while, like eight, eight or seven to eight years. Um, and that's, it's still like very much in its infancy, but it's coming together really fast. Um, we have almost two songs finished already, and we started on it like a week and a half ago. Oh, wow. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that 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 dynamic sounds a lot like uh, my my best friend Corey and I. Uh, that's how we pretty much started Druid. Druid, uh, like Corey and I were playing in bands years ago, and uh, you know it had been a long time since hmm. he had been playing in bands. Uh, and like I said, I've known Corey for like since high school, and like we just were like, let's kind of do this thing. So it's 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 so awesome when you get to work with some friends. And it and like you said, you started the project a week ago, and and you're already so so many songs deep. Yeah. Yeah, man. And that, that, that's the main thing too. Like my, my focus, uh, more, my priority with playing music is always like having fun and doing it with good people. Doing projects like this is really, um, just rewarding and fun to do. Always a good time. Uh, so what have you been some of your favorite Ontario releases within the last year? Uh, what's got your attention? Let me see. Jeez. If it seems like, the past year and a bit it's just been a complete blur <laughs> yeah totally um, i feel that yeah yeah man um well jock just released a new song that's pretty sweet came out i believe it came out today um oh what really i, I um, did not check that out yet yeah man is uh they did a, a compilation um i believe it was uh for support for uh, indigenous communities okay um, uh don't, don't like i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure at a at a glance uh when i woke up this morning and just like checked out the track um that's what uh it seems like that uh is all about which is super awesome um who who else released music this year in ontario i'm blank and hard <laughs> Brand of Sacrifice released uh, full length yesterday, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and that's some of the best deathcore I've heard come out of like Canada in general in the past God knows how long. Um, so that, that, that band kind of just like came out of nowhere and is just absolutely crushing it. Yeah, they're Toronto-based band, right? Yep. Yeah, it's um, Kyle from... Uh, if you remember the after image. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh same vocalist. Yeah, Lifeblood, right? That's the record that they just put out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yep. Uh if you were to create a yeah, festival yeah. made up of only active Ontario bands, uh, we'll say our bands are already playing, so World's Grass, Rust Center, Hellbent, Druid, whatever. Uh, what other five bands would you have on the bill? Five Ontario bands? Yeah. Okay, let's see. Reliever, tourist, jock. Trying to think of like bands that would round out like a, a bit of diversity within heavy music. Underlier, get get some get some heavy heavy shit in there, and single wound for all, all the feels. Nice, nice. That's a good lineup. That's a good yeah. Lineup. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I've never heard of that band, Tourist. Uh, where are they from? Uh, they're from Windsor. 
Uh, and they're, they're a newer band. It's a bunch of like Windsor OGs that just like put a band together. Uh, and they released some killer tunes last year. Awesome. Uh, lastly, before we get into some anecdotes with each other, uh, my friend Tommy Wood is a big fan of Pokemon. I don't think that's much of a secret. You, you in fact, you have a separate YouTube channel to opening up uh, and revealing Pokemon cards, which is super cool because I love that yeah. Pokemon cards are back. Uh, what's the rarest and most expensive? Yeah, card dude. Pulled? Uh, that I pulled. It was oh shit, maybe like a week and a half ago. Um, Katie and I. We're hanging out with our buddy Trey, who has a Pokemon YouTube channel. Cool. Um, and he uh, bought a bunch of Shining Fates, which is like the new like big set. Uh, and we were just like opening cards together, and like we got sushi, kind of deal, one of those kind of hangouts. And uh, he opened up a tin and passed a pack to me, passed a pack to Katie, and we all opened them at the same time. And in the pack that I opened, uh, I pulled a uh, shiny G-Max Charizard, which is like a $750 card right now. Wow. Just ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Um, Yeah, dude. As someone who's a big-time fan of the franchise, uh, what's your earliest memory of Pokemon that you have? And what made you gravitate towards the franchise that made you the ultimate Pokemon master. <laughs> uh, you know, man, I just, I woke up and I was like, I just want to be the very best. Like no one ever was. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, my, my brother uh, had a Game Boy Color. Uh, and I remember like when I was really, really little and I begged my mom uh, to get one. He's like, Oh, my brother has one. And like, it's cool. and All that stuff. And then, so eventually my mom bought me a Game Boy Color and Pokemon Yellow and I just couldn't put it down. I could not stop playing. Uh and my family uh went camping like a lot uh during our like summer vacation off of school. So like it was like two months that we would get off. Uh we'd be camping for probably about a month and a half of it. So there's like a lot of driving. Um, so that was one thing that like always kept me busy, uh, when we were on those long drives since I can remember. So I was just always just crushing Pokemon and then, you know, the cards were a thing and it just kind of snowballed from there. Sounds like you were tour ready from birth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, man. Long drives do not bother me. (laughs) And Pokemon uh, Yellow is arguably one of the most best ones out there. Oh, yeah, dude. Hands down. And, like, it was um, the thing that I loved about it so much. uh, And it's such a tiny, silly detail. But the fact that Pikachu would follow you around in the game, like, that was, like, the coolest shit to me. Because, like, no other Pokemon games at the time had like an overworld Pokemon like following you, uh, which which is pretty sweet. <laughs> I love that. If you were a Pokemon, yeah. who would you be? The, the first one to come to mind would be Charizard because like he's the most badass Pokemon of all time. But yeah. that I feel like that's kind of a cop-out answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what I'll be, so I'll let you think about that. I would probably be a Psyduck. Psyduck, nice. <laughs> but dude, the headaches. You have headaches all the time. It, I, 
you're right. <laughs> I would probably find a way to live. That's a good point. That's a good point. I didn't think of that. Yeah, dude. But hey, when you evolve into Golduck, it's a pretty badass Pokemon. Yeah, he's pretty badass. Awesome. So yeah, who who do you think you'd be? It's like I have to go with Dragonite because Dragonite's super powerful. Um, but also Dragonite's intelligent and also very loving as well. So it's kind of like uh gets all of the the appealing aspects to Pokemon in one package. That's a great answer. Uh, I definitely wouldn't have expected that. That's a, that's a good yes. Pokemon. Awesome. <laughs> so let's get into some Bannockers. What are the weirdest things that have right. happened to you and being in bands? Where are the weirdest places you've slept? Weirdest places you've played? Weirdest things you've ate? Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> One time I was... This was pretty recent too, like within the past couple of years. And I'm not sure if it's like weird, but it was just really awkward. I was standing outside a venue uh, after a rust set. And I was just like, you know, just getting some air, just finished the set, having a quick vape before the next band went on. Uh, And I was talking to this gentleman who was outside, um, pretty much doing the same thing. Uh, and we were just talking and talking and he, uh, asked me if like, yo, like, can you like follow yourself on Instagram on my phone? I'm like, yeah, for sure. So dude hands me his phone and right when he hands it to me, um, a text came in from what I assumed to be his girlfriend. We, we can't do this anymore. I'm, I'm done. Like oh, we, no. and I'm, yeah, and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I tried, to, I just pretended like I didn't see that. And, like, Buddy was, like, watching his phone at the same time as well. <laughs> and it was just so painfully awkward. Oh, it's like, boy. oh, dude, God fucking damn it. <laughs> yeah, that was, so, like, I don't know if that classifies as weird, but it was just, like, super fucking awkward. That's a great um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, that that was... That, that was definitely a, a weird thing that happened. Weirdest venue? There, there's been a few. Um, and oh, the, the, the thing with weird venues I've found for the most part is like, if it's like in the name of it, the venue isn't as weird as you'd think. Like, for example, uh, when I was out with Turncoat, we played uh, a laser tag place in Mississippi. But it was just like, and so I was thinking, like, oh, my God, like, are there going to be people playing laser tag while we're playing our set? But no, it was just, like, this, like, party room that was in, like, the same building as a laser tag place. Um, but uh, so I find, like, with the weird, weirdest venues, there's always kind of an unexpected thing. Right. Um, so we – this was on my first, like, longer tour – uh, in grade 12, I believe it was with, um, uh, of concepts and Kings. And we were playing in Sudbury at this like community center kind of thing. And, <laughs> um, we're loading in and we see this like big ass stage with Shrek, the musical props all over it, which is absolutely hilarious. It's like, Oh my God. Like not only like, 
Shrek the Musical, that's such a funny concept. <laughs> but <laughs> now we get to play on a stage with all this like Shrek the Musical stuff on it. It was hilarious. It's like that's that was probably like the weirdest venue. Um, other than that, like I played in South Carolina, I played in a grilled cheese shop before. That was fun. Yeah, it was called Corey's Grilled Cheese. <laughs> it, it was dope. It was tiny. Um, the scene was super, super supportive there. Um, yeah, that was a great time. Did they make a good grilled cheese? They did. <laughs> that, that's the best part. When you play like a weird restaurant and you're like, mm. it's already kind of a weird vibe, but you go in and someone's making a good food and you're like, honestly, yeah, I, I could have just came here and ate. doesn't even matter that if I played or not. Like I'm satisfied. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, so weirdest place we, I slept. Every tour that Soul Sucker did, we did it in a minivan because uh, that's all we had available to us at the time. And we were out with Turncoat. And I think this was, it was somewhere in the south. It would have been Georgia. Um, and we went to a Walmart to spend the night, um, as, as most bands do uh, in the States. Since like we didn't have a legit van to sleep in, we mainly relied on crashing at people's places. We <laughs> so we parked Turncoat's van beside ours, and we put a tarp over top of both the vans. So then there was like this like tarp covered space in between, and then we put yoga mats um, on top of the pavement, and then. Jameson, Cole, and myself uh, slept on the yoga mats on top of the pavement uh, through the night, <laughs> which is ridiculous, but you, you got to do what you got to do. And then in the morning, we wake up um, and I saw like these like work boots at eye level. I was thinking like, oh shit, like we're fucked. We're getting kicked out. <laughs> and this dude just says in like a, a really nice southern accent like hey got your breakfast boys oh, like, amazing. What the fuck? yeah and he just like dropped off a couple like baker's dozens of donuts and like a gallon of orange juice and like some fruit and stuff it's like damn southern hospitality is real <laughs> that's amazing that's great to hear <laughs> yeah dude yeah that was um <laughs> that's definitely uh, some a memory that's gonna stick with me for a long time <laughs> For sure, for sure. Well, I think uh, I think that's it for yeah. Uh I'm glad we got to catch up. It's been so good Sweet. to see you. It's been a while since we've seen each other in person. Yeah, man. Friggin' COVID. <laughs> Tell the listeners where they can find all your socials. <laughs> okay, you can be on Instagram at and Tommy Rust, on YouTube under my name Tommy Wood, and at Phantom Force Pokemon. Stay safe, stay healthy, and take care of each other. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Tommy, we're going to end with the song Nihilist by Rust. Take it easy, buddy. Woo! Good talking to you, man.
For listening to another episode of Banecdotes, I'm your host Phil Paxton. Don't forget to like and subscribe, give us a high rating, follow us on Instagram at Banecdotes. That's B-A-N-D-E-C-D-O-T-E-S. Take it easy. <laughs>